All right, so our Bible study this evening is, is from the Highlighting Our Heritage series. It's titled Examples to Follow. You know, from the beginning of our work in the apostolic faith, uh, testimonies have always been a central part of our services. And uh, the purpose of these testimonies is so that we can hear real-life stories, how God's power to transform lives, heal, uh, make a change, to strengthen so I have here a volume of our Gospel Pioneers. There's seven volumes of wonderful testimonies. And all of these testimonies are available on our website. And I encourage you to go go to the website and read them from time to time. They they will be very encouraging. Uh, and and also, uh, you don't, how to find them, you go to your homepage, go up to um, to the top of the homepage, and let's see here where you do. You click on, on uh, historical materials at the top. And the testimonies are featured by volume number and by alphabetical order. So take time to read those from time to time and you will be encouraged. Our handout tonight also features a couple of very good testimonies uh, for you to read. Who can tell me who this young couple is? You know, sorry, brother, brother Earl and Sister Sylvia have certainly been an example down through the years uh, of out, uh, uh, faithfulness and an example that, that we can all follow. So here's some people that influenced me in my younger years. Uh, brother Ray Crawford here. He was our over church overseer when I was just a young girl. I was living in Los Angeles and I remember him coming uh, to Los Angeles to visit, and he always took time to talk to his children. And even though I was just a young girl at the time, I have never forgotten the interest uh, that he took in us. Uh, Brother Norman Allen, he was my pastor from when I was 9 to 14 years old. Uh, he is the one that encouraged me to pursue music and to play the violin. He went with my parents to purchase my first violin, and one of his favorite sayings was, Is your bow paid for? And when I said yes, and he said, use all of it. I've always remembered that. Uh, Brother Norman, he also took a lot of interest in our family. And he would often give my dad money on Friday nights to stop at the taco stand uh, on our way home. And I looked up to him as a spiritual leader in my life. Sister Ruth Allen, his wife, was the reason I chose to play the violin. She was a graceful and talented violin player, and I, I aspired to be just like her. Uh, my mom wanted me to play the clarinet, but I would not be deterred. I was going to play the violin. Unfortunately, I've never been quite as good as Sister Ruth. Well, not nearly as good. But I'm thankful for her influence in my early life. Sister Eleanor Wilcox. Does anybody in here remember her? Her testimony. Okay, well, Sister Virginia would. She was from Los Angeles. She, when I was a little girl, she was part of our Los Angeles congregation, and she had a testimony that made such an impression on me that I have never forgotten it. Uh, she was raised in a Christian home, but she turned the gospel aside for 30 years. When her daughter was just eight years old, uh, she was playing outside with her friends one day, but then she quietly came in to the house all by herself and, uh, and went to a shelf where her mom had the Bible stored. Her mom never read the Bible and never read the Bible to the little girl. But that little girl took that Bible down off that shelf and she began marking in it with a pencil. 
And her mom found her there and she told her, you know, be careful, don't tear the pages. So the little girl put the Bible back on the shelf and went back outside to play. And just a few weeks later, that little girl had a ruptured appendix and she died. And of course the mother was grief stricken and she, she was just prompted to go to her Bible for comfort. And she went and opened her Bible where that little girl had marked and it was the, the verse in, in Matthew 2.18 says, In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. And Sister Wilcox knew that the Lord was using that to talk to her heart. And she eventually, uh, she tried to serve God on her own terms for a while, but she eventually made her way to Portland uh, where she prayed through to a wonderful experience of salvation. She received her sanctification that same camp meeting. And on the anniversary of her daughter's death, July 19, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Sister Wilcox is one that faithfully served the Lord during my growing up years up until the Lord called her home. Chris, oops, sorry. Okay, then Brother, of course, Brother Crabtree, many of us remember him. He was a, a fiery evangelistic preacher during my growing up years. And his sermons, they were not long. They were short, but they were to the point and powerful. They always made me want to pray. And many young people were stirred as, as a result of his preaching. And of course, Sister Dolly Walker was always a favorite of ours when we were growing up, her preaching. Uh, she often preached a young uh, children's meeting. And even after I was past the age, if I knew Sister Dolly was preaching, I would go to children's meeting just to hear her preach. And of course, my mom and dad were a big influence, made a big impact on my life growing up, seeing them, uh, their, their zeal for the gospel and hearing their testimonies, how God um, restored their broken marriage and saved their souls. Uh, I had a desire from a very young age to give my life to the Lord. And I'm thankful for my parents' faithfulness. Uh, God made a real difference in their life, and, and I wanted to follow that example and pass that on to my family. Of course, Brother Elmer and Sister Helen were also part of the Los Angeles congregation when I was growing up as a young girl. They were always an encouragement. And even when, when we moved to Dallas, Oregon, uh, from when we moved back from the Midwest, they were there, and they, they were always an encouragement. Uh, to us and, and really thankful for them in our lives. These are just a few of the people that impacted um, my early life and, and encouraged me in the gospel. Each of you, if we were to go around here tonight, would have your own list of people that, that encouraged you and made a difference in your spiritual walk. So tonight we're going to focus not only on those who set the example for us, but we're also going to look at how we can exempt uh, follow, make an, be an example to those who follow us. Uh, many of us here tonight have been saved for a long time, and and it's our turn to be the example for those who come behind us. So our key verse tonight is found in Psalm thirty-seven, thirty-seven. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. So the root meaning of the word mark in the Hebrew language is to hedge about. And so the general meaning is to protect, attend to, take heed, observe, or regard. And the root meaning of the word perfect is complete, with the broader meaning of it being pious, undefiled, or upright. So the psalmist is saying here, pay attention to the man who is living an undefiled and upright life. 
for that man will have peace in his life. In other words, those who live blameless and upright lives will have that peace that passes understanding in their heart, even when the storms of life come their way. You know, those are the people that we want to pattern our lives after. Uh, Every one of us here tonight can think of somebody who we've watched go through very very difficult circumstances, and yet they've kept their integrity and trust in God. And the prayer from our heart has been, Lord, help me to be like that when the storms come my way. Uh, Those are the people we want to pattern after. Of course, we have biblical examples of those who exhibited godly traits that we can follow. Uh, Noah is a great example of obedience. When God told him to build the ark, he didn't question God. He was obedient in every detail, and he built the ark to God's specifications, just as instructed. What would have happened if he had cut corners? His boat might not have floated. Uh, You know, we can follow Noah's example today by building our spiritual lives according to God's specifications in his word. If we do, we can be assured that he will keep us safe in his spiritual ark. Abraham is a great example of patience and faith. After God appeared, (coughs) excuse me, After God appeared to him and told him he would have a son with Sarah, he waited 25 years for that promise to be fulfilled. By that time, he was 100 years old. But God did keep his promise, and Abram is held up as an example of faith. You know, we too may have to wait on the Lord in our time, in our, when we're praying for something, but he will answer prayer in his time. We can look to Abraham for that. Moses chose to give up the riches and prestige of Egypt to serve God. When God called him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, he answered God's call. For the next 40 years in the wilderness, life was not always easy for Moses, but he remained faithful, (coughs) humble, and obedient to God's call. You know, God is still calling people today to set aside their own ambitions and to serve him with their whole hearts, even in difficult times. Uh, David was willing to face the giant Goliath because he had put his trust in God before, and he knew that God would bring him through. Uh, We too may face giants in our lives that may seem insurmountable, but when we trust God day by day with the little things, we will have faith to trust him when the bigger things come our way. Mary and Joseph... They were willing to do what God asked them to do, even though they knew that people would not understand and that they would be ridiculed. You know, we too cannot let what others think hinder us in our walk with God. Our goal is to be obedient to God and to follow his will in life in spite of what this world may think of us. And Joshua was also an example of patience and faithfulness. He and Caleb were the only spies that encouraged the children of Israel to trust God and conquer the promised land. But when Joshua was ridiculed, he waited patiently for 40 years. He had to wander in the wilderness with the rest of them. But you know, Joshua led the Israelites into the promised land and he was there when God gave him the victory. At the end of his life, he exhorted the Israelites to turn away from the idols that their neighbors were worshiping and make the choice to pre- Claim, or he proclaimed, Choose ye this day whom ye will serve, but for me and my house 
We will serve the Lord. We too need to make that choice, uh, not only for ourselves, but encourage our families. And we have many other examples in the Bible. We have Job, Ruth, Esther. We have the disciples, but ultimately we have Jesus, our best example. He paid the sacrifice for our salvation when he died on Calvary. I thought about that song that says, How can I give a lesser sacrifice when Jesus gave his all? Jesus said in John 8:12, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We all want to follow the example that he set forth before us. So Paul said in Philippians 3:17, Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have for us for an ensample. Paul was confident that he had followed Christ. And as he had followed Christ, he was setting the example for the early church. And uh, we won't take time to read all the scriptures, but in the first two chapters of, Philipp- of the book of Philippians, Paul listed s- several godly examples for us to pattern our lives after. And so we'll look at those briefly. We want to follow those who are growing spiritually in knowledge and discernment. Uh, we need to look to those who have the knowledge and the discernment to uphold God's word in their day-to-day lives. Uh, Those who are sincere in their walk with God and of good character. We want to pattern our lives after those who take the gospel seriously and who are living uprightly. Those who are filled with the fruits of righteousness, or we could say those who are exemplifying the fruit of the Spirit in their lives, those who desire that God be magnified in their lives or those who want to see see Jesus, who want others to see Jesus in them. Those who dwell harmoniously with their fellow brethren or those who strive to live in unity without causing strife or tension. Those who are not intimidated by worldly opposition or those who stand on the word of God in spite of what society or the world claims, and those who are willing to suffer for the cause of Christ. In other words, those who will stand for Christ in the face of opposition and persecution. And certainly we see that today. Those who are willing to put others above themselves, who are not motivated by selfish motives or conceit, but who regard others above themselves. Those who live without murmuring and complaining or continually finding fault. Those who let their light shine bright in the midst of a wicked and perverse nation. They're striving to penetrate the darkness of this world with the light of the gospel. And those who are obedient to the word of God no matter what comes their way. Those who believe in the inerrancy of of scripture. That's very important today. Because we see scripture being torn down, but we want to follow those who uphold the inerrancy of of scripture and will defend it regardless of how others may try to uh, misinterpret it. These are the kind of people we want to pattern our lives after who have these traits. This is what Paul was bringing out in those first two chapters of Philippians. So just as it's important to follow godly examples in our lives, it's also important to resist spiritually unhealthy influences that could threaten to hinder our spiritual walk. Uh, What are some ways that we can resist ungodly influences? 
Choose our friends wisely. No matter how young or how old we are, the people we choose to spend time with will have an impact on how we, how we think or act, uh, whether good or bad. Just as keeping company with positive people will influence us to think positively, keeping company with negative people will affect our attitudes in a negative way. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. In other words, bad company corrupts good character. We need to guard our minds. You know, when we think something long enough, we begin to believe it. And surrounding ourselves with wrong thinking, whether it's what we watch, what we read, who we associate with, or what we allow ourselves to listen to, wrong thinking will cause us to believe things that are not true. In order to keep the truth in our heart, we need to focus our minds on God's word and things that are pleasing to him. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It will take diligence to keep our minds and hearts focused on God. Resist peer pressure. You know, most of us, we want people to like us. Uh, we, we want, you know, we all want to be liked. And the world philosophy states that to be popular or well-liked, we must be willing to compromise our values or go with the flow. Uh, but refusing to go along with the world's philosophy and standing up for what we know is right and according to God's word will strengthen us in our spiritual walk and it will help us draw closer to God as we seek him in prayer. You know, we need to settle it in our hearts and recognize that it's not about being popular or well-liked in this world, but it's having the peace of God that comes as we strive to do what is right. We need to stay grounded in God's word, regularly studying God's word Applying it to our lives will help us recognize and resist unhealthy influences. Uh, when we feel ourselves being pulled in the wrong direction, we can always go to God's word to get us back on track. We need to spend time in prayer every day. God knows what we're going through. And he knows what we're going to face every day. When we start that day, uh, it's good to start it on our knees because we don't know what that day holds. And uh, we need to make time, spending time in prayer a priority in our lives. So in 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul exhorted Timothy, a young minister, to be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. You know, we, we've talked here tonight about following those uh, that, that should be a good example to us. But we need to be good examples to others. Uh, like I said, many of us here have been saved for a long time. We're thankful for the good role models that we've had in our lives that we can look back on. Uh, but now we need to examine our own like, spiritual lives and make sure we're good examples. We have lots of young people that we need to be a good example for. We have new converts. Uh, we have those that need encouragement. So let's look at those areas. There's five areas here where Paul told Timothy to be an example to the believers. So the first area that Paul mentioned is to be an example in our words or speech. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about the power of words. 
Actually, we see it very early in Genesis when God powerfully spoke the word into existence. The Bible says he said it and it was done. Uh, then, but then in chapter 3 of, of Genesis, we see that the serpent used words to deceive Eve. Eve. Then Adam used words to blame Eve. And Eve used her words to blame the serpent. And then it just goes on through there throughout the Bible. Uh, we see many instances where words were used to either hurt or destroy, but then they were also, words were also used to encourage and to edify. So when we're talking about speech, we're not talking about only the words that we say, but also the words that we write, type, text, tweet. In today's world, many people probably do more typing and texting than they do speaking. But all kinds of communication are still a reflection of the heart. In Luke 6.45, Jesus said, For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. In essence, the words that we use reveal what is in our hearts. Uh, James had a lot to speak. He had a lot to say about the tongue. Uh, In chapter 3, in verses 9 and 10, he wrote, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Uh, In verse 13, he said, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. You know, in one way or another, we are communicating all day long with the people we come in contact. Do our words reflect Christ and the change that he's made in our hearts? Do our words set the example for others to follow? Uh, May God help us to use our words wisely every day through speaking the truth, lifting others up, lovingly encouraging others, forgiving others, and giving thanks. This is how we can use our words to edify rather than discourage and set a good example for others to follow. The next area that Paul wanted Timothy to be an example in was in conversation, which means conduct or here ethics. Uh, we've heard all of our lives, be an example in your behavior. Uh, how many times did your mom say, if you were older sibling, be an example to your younger brother or your younger sister? As Christians, we're exhorted to set the example for unbelievers uh, that we come in contact with. We're told to be a light to the world and abstain from worldly things that would hinder us in our Christian walk. Uh, But what about being an example to our fellow Christians? That's what Paul was talking about here. He said, be thou an example to the believers. You know, when it comes to conduct or behavior, it affects every area of our life. At home, at school, at church, at the store, at the gas station, while you're driving on the highways or the byways, at the ball game. Wherever we are, we are called to be an example of godliness to other Christians. So as Christians, we need to be that example wherever we are, whether anyone's watching it or not. It needs to become who we are uh, so that day in and day out, so that we don't have to stop and think, oh, somebody's watching, I better be careful. You know, over the years, I have heard it said from time to time that 
that someone acts differently at church than they do at home. Or maybe they act differently on the job than they do at church. Or that someone gets carried away when doing non-church activities. Have you ever heard of somebody, you know, seeing somebody at the grocery store chewing out the grocery clerk and you think, oh, I don't want them to know I know that person. But you know, that, that's, this, this is, this is all part of our conduct. Uh, but to be a good example in our Christian conduct, we need to consistently act in a Christ-like manner at all times, in church and out of church. Uh, to be a good Christian example to our church family, we need to make being in church a high priority. Uh, we need to work our schedule around it as much as possible so that others will know that being in church is important to us. Uh, but how should we act when we are at church? We should be friendly. Learn to interact with all ages, challenging ourselves to reach out to those who need encouragement. We need to have a servant's heart, looking for areas where we can help others. Maybe there's an older person that needs a helping hand. Maybe something needs to be done to help clean up or to do some task around the church. You know, whatever we do, when we do it joyfully, without complaining, we're setting the example for our fellow believers. Uh, during services, we should sing to the best of our ability. During congregational singing, we should back up the specials with a smile and an amen. Be engaged during the sermon saying amen, maybe quietly, but in your heart anyway. Always take time to pray if at all possible. You know, people are watching us. And we want our conduct to be an example of humility and diligence that will inspire others. The next area that Paul mentioned was charity or love. While speech and conduct are outward traits, love is an inner virtue. But in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul said that love is the greatest virtue of all. It's vital for every Christian to have that love. Because 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. And he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So how do we set an example of love among our fellow believers? You know, it is to be concerned for our brothers and sisters, to feel affectionate toward them, to want the very best for each and every one of them, and to be ready to protect and help when needed. You know, when we're talking about Christian love, it's not so much a feeling, but it's an action word. Uh, it, that manif it manifests itself in our lives. Sometimes it's easier to feel love than at other times. But you know, true Christian love is to set our feelings aside and to act our, uh, upon our Christian love toward all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. So the church is called to be a body of believers who love one another in spite of differences and to work through those differences with grace and humility esteeming others better than ourselves. So as we set the example of Christian love in our church, we will be promoting unity and oneness among our fellow believers. The next area that Paul mentioned was faith. So to be an example in our faith, 
would be to show others that we have confidence in God and that we're putting our trust in Him for every need in our life. So an extension of our faith in God will be our faithfulness to God. They go hand in hand. Our commitment to living a life of holiness or obedience to the Word of God, when we have faith, it will lead to faithfulness. Charles Spurgeon once said in a sermon, What is faith? It is made up of three things, knowledge, belief, and trust. He also said, Faith is believing that Christ is what he is said to be and that he will do what he has promised to do and then to expect this of him. When we have this kind of faith, others around us will take note. Uh, When we have faith and we are faithful, we will be dependable, trustworthy, and loyal in God's work as well as honest, ethical, and trustworthy in all of our dealings, including our relationships, our responsibilities, and our decisions. Romans 10.17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. As we fill our hearts and minds with with God's word, our faith will increase, which will then be exemplified by our faithfulness in all that we do. That's the kind of example that we want to be. The last area that Paul mentioned to Timothy to be an example in was purity. So what is purity in the Bible? It is to be exemplary in our attitude, our imagination, our actions, and to live holy in all aspects of our lives. You know, to have pure hands, which represents our actions, and a pure mind, which represents our thoughts, we must first have a pure heart. This comes through sanctification. That's why the experience of sanctification is so important. Uh, we, We need that in our lives. When we have a pure heart, it will manifest itself in our outward actions and thoughts. An old-time clergyman named Charles Simeon put it this way, Every word and every look, yea, and every thought, ought to be well guarded in order that Satan may not take advantage of us and that not even the breath of scandal may be raised against us. That is the kind of example we want to be so that when others look at our when they look at our lives they will not see anything that may be questionable or would bring dishonor to our Christian testimony. You know every one of us here in this room tonight is setting some kind of example and uh, it's going to impact those around us. But the challenge here tonight is are we choosing to be the right kind of example? Are we setting an example that will inspire others to be Christ-like and spiritually mature? Our church needs biblical and godly examples like that. Uh, Our goal as Christians is to become more Christ-like in our walk with God so that others looking on will see Jesus in every area of our lives. Matthew 13, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So the ultimate example is when all we do or say brings glory to our Heavenly Father. May God help us to be that living testimony that will inspire others to a closer walk with God. So at this time we're going to stand 
And we're going to sing the song, Find Us Faithful. Brother Sean's going to come up and lead us in that song. And, and think about the words as you sing it. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. Uh, we want to have that positive impact on everybody's spiritual lives.